we continue our six-week journey into Ephesians today, and you may have noticed already that we are not doing things quite the same as usual. That's on purpose. I know you guys really love it when I switch things up, but we are doing it. Today we heard from this really small section of Ephesians 5 as the writer of this letter to the new church in Ephesus continues with reminders of how the good news of the love of God we have heard about impacts our daily living. Verse 15 starts off saying, Be careful with how you live. Live as wise people and not as unwise or foolish people. And since that doesn't seem to be the easiest of tasks, this letter tells us the way we do this is by being filled with the Spirit. Now, usually when we hear anything in the Bible about the Spirit, we hear comparisons to wind or fire or breath. We hear the Spirit called a friend or a helper, someone to lead us and guide us into the new life we've been given in Christ. And all of those are helpful and good images, but they are not what the writer of Ephesus the letter to Ephesians uses today. Today we hear that the way we are filled with the Spirit is by singing. And to that I say, bring it on. Instead of talking about it, we are going to do it. So with Alice and I meeting many weeks ago to plan hymns for this Sunday, we chose many more hymns than usual and favorites that don't often get sung. Our own Martin Luther had a lot to say about music and singing, such as, next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. He said, the devil flees before the sound of music almost as much as before the word of God. He said, beautiful music is the art of the prophets that can calm the agitations of the soul. It is one of the most magnificent and delightful presents God has given us. And last but not least, my personal favorite, I have no use for cranks who despise music, for it is a gift from God. Snarky and short, as usual, from Luther. So today we are going to sing. Not just any songs or hymns, but ones that are rich and full of beautiful theology that we sometimes miss as we just sing it and move on. So first we begin, as Luther said, with a hymn to calm the agitations of the soul. There is a balm in Gilead. I have loved this spiritual ever since I first sang it and every time I have heard it and sung it since. I know balm is an odd word, It's not one we use often, so this is one of those words where we sort of sing it and don't think about the power that it wields. There is a balm. A balm is like an ointment that heals, like neosporin for the soul. It soothes. So this song references a balm made in Gilead, which we hear about in the book of Jeremiah, but was later made in reference to Jesus. Jesus is our balm in Gilead. Jesus is who heals. It is no wonder this song was sung by slaves who were toiling under the weight of oppression. It is a song of healing, of wholeness. It is a reminder that there is no hurt, no brokenness, no sinfulness 
that cannot be healed by the balm of Gilead, Jesus. So let's sing. feel that? So we are healed. Healed by the Spirit who revives our soul again, we just sang. And then we take our new life in Christ, our healed whole selves, and can go out into the world and sing a song of praise as we look around at the world we have been given and see with new eyes how incredible it is to live our new life in Christ. There is so much that could be said about this song. And I know it is a favorite of many of you as well as one of my own favorites. There are so many instances in my life where this song has been central. I've heard it at weddings and at funerals. We have sung it at Christmas and on Easter. As a member of the St. Olaf Choir, we ended every concert with this song. It is a universal song of praise of this new life we've been given in Christ. So we sing to our beautiful Savior.
So we sing about this beautiful world and beautiful life and beautiful God. And yet we know that life is always not so beautiful. Boy, do we know this. And in these moments where life is not so beautiful, it would be easy to stop singing, to turn inward and quiet our voices to God and with each other. But there are hymns for these moments as well. In 1871, Horatio Spafford lost his two-year-old son, and then most of his wealth was wiped out in the real estate losses during the Great Chicago Fire. So in 1873, he sent his family ahead of him to Europe, and their ship sank, killing all four of his daughters. His wife sent him, I'm going to cry when I say this, you should just be prepared. His wife sent him what might be the most heartbreaking telegram of all time, which is, saved alone. So as he was traveling to his grieving wife across an ocean, he passed the same place his daughters had died and wrote this hymn. Now, this is why these are up here. To be in the middle of that kind of grief and loss and write this song is beautiful and powerful and just impossibly difficult to imagine. It is a challenge for me to even sing this song when things are falling apart, much less write a hymn with this level of faith in it. But that is part of what our faith calls us to do. This is what our text today asks us to do, to sing to sing songs of faith even in the midst of great difficulties. We trust even when we find it hard. So we sing.
I want us to sing that again. Choir, help me here. This is on the fly, but without accompaniment. So we're just going to sing that chorus one more time. Close your eyes. You know the words. we don't like talking about it or thinking about it even, the end of our lives is inevitable for all of us. We don't know when, most of us don't know how, but we do our best trusting in God to live this life here and now knowing that we are loved as we are and yet knowing that this one life is all we've got. So we pray for God to be with us in this one life. And God reminds us daily through many people and many ways that we are not alone as we walk through our journey on this earth. You are not alone. But if you feel that way, if you are struggling with any loss in your life of any kind, then this last hymn is for you. This hymn was written by Henry Francis Light as he lay dying of tuberculosis. He lived only three more weeks after he completed it. While I find that fact enough for me to barely be able to sing this one without crying, I also think the words he wrote are just beautiful. This is my favorite hymn for this reason. Because the lyrics are the honest cry of most of us, I'd say, the cry to God to just stay with us through good things and bad things, the cry to help us feel God's presence and be moved to trust in every moment. Abide with me, we sing. Abide means stay. Stay with me. Stick by my side, God. I know you love me, but I want to feel you close. I need you to abide. So it is a fitting hymn with which to end this sermon morning. A reminder that our cries are heard by our God who loves us and that we do believe in and follow a God who stays. So stand as you are able and sing with me.